uh, the Gospel of John this morning. John, and we're going to be going verse by verse as we have been in John. And uh, thankful to be able to be in this book with you guys, studying the Word of God together. That is a blessing, that is a privilege. Um, I can tell you there are brethren of ours around the world that wish they could do what we're doing right now. So let's not take it for granted. Uh, All right, so uh, John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1. And uh, we are still in the first chapter. We might be there for a little bit, that's all right. We uh, talked about uh, the the eternal nature of Jesus Christ, the divine nature of Jesus Christ. uh, Essentially that He is God in the flesh. And uh, that's clear from other places in the Bible, but it's very uh, abundantly clear from John chapter 1. Uh, look if you would at wor- verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we showed you uh, uh, at length all the verses that talk about Jesus Christ being the Alpha, the Omega, God manifest in the flesh over in Isaiah. It says, I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Over in Acts chapter 4, it says, Neither is there any other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Clearly, Jesus Christ is not just, listen to me, not just the Savior of mankind, but the reason that he could be the Savior of mankind is because he's sinless, and the reason that he's sinless is because he is divine in nature. All right? That does not mean, now listen to me, this is the mystery part of it. It does not mean that Jesus Christ did not have opportunity to sin. He absolutely did. All right? If you're not familiar with it, you ought to read Matthew chapter 4. Before Jesus Christ begins his public ministry, all right, there are two things that take place. He gets baptized, and then he's tempted of the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasts, and then the devil comes to him at the end of that period of time. Uh, you ought to take a little bit of a mental note, by the way. The devil's going to come and tempt you and attack you when you are vulnerable and when you are by yourself. I'm not saying Jesus was wrong for being by himself. Don't misunderstand me. But he's going to attack you when you're by yourself and you're weak and you're vulnerable. Let me just say this right now. Some of us have a hard time going four hours without a meal. Can I get a witness? All right. Imagine going 40. My wife's like, I'm pregnant. Yes, absolutely. All right. Imagine going 40 days and 40 nights without having a meal. All right. And, uh, and so the vulnerability that is there in a moment like that, uh, you see the devil try to take advantage of that. But my point is this. He was God manifest in the flesh. He was a sinless man. He chose not to sin, just like we choose to sin. Are you with me? You are born with a sinful nature. The Bible is very clear about that. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death hath passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Right? Romans chapter 5. The idea is this. You're not a victim of sin. All right. One of you said amen. That's good. What that means is that you choose to sin. Jesus Christ had the opportunity to and chose not to. And, and so what you see is you see our humanity exposed through our sin. You see his humanity exposed through the temptation, but his divinity revealed through his sinlessness. All right. And so look down if you would. And, and by the way, I just to make this clear. Sunday school, uh, clearly not having it for the kids yet. Uh, if you look at the side of the building, they're tearing stuff up and they're tearing stuff up downstairs. And so we're doing the best we can after our Sunday school lesson for the adults uh, kids, if you want to meet with your teachers out in the grassy area like we did last week, uh, you can just follow Brother Craig out there. He will, he's like the Pied Piper with donuts, right? And the kids are just following him out there. Except for they're not going to their doom, they're going to learn to get the, the, a Bible memory verse, amen? 
All right, so uh, kids, be ready to quote your verse. Be ready to get a new one. All right, uh, John chapter one. Look, if you would, at verse number four. I want to take a little bit of time this morning to talk to you about uh, the fact that Jesus Christ, in Him is life, and in Him is light. All right, John chapter one, verse four. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the, and we're going to come back and explain what that means. That that. He was, uh, the life that he had was the light of men. We're going to expose what that means. And the light, verse 5, shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Uh, in other words, darkness doesn't always know how to respond to light. Have you ever been, uh, now we've, uh, years ago, my family and I went to a, a cave, I think it was in the Glenwood Springs area, if I remember correctly, we went to do some cave exploration, and you know, they, they told us, they warned us, listen, we're going to approach the outside of the cave after the end of the tour, and we're walking back toward the exit. And I'll tell you what, after 30 minutes, I'm ready for the exit myself. I don't want to be buried underneath the ground. And I know, I know some of you are like, oh, pastor, that won't happen. I've seen too many movies, okay? Uh, so I'm just like, get me out of here. I'm claustrophobic already. And uh, so, you know, you're walking back. You know what they tell you? As you walk back toward the exit, you're going to have to blink a little bit because the light is going to hurt your eyes because you don't realize how dark it's been down. Your eyes adjust, listen to me, to the lack of light around you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and so you go out in the world and you kind of just figure out if you're not careful, you get, you get too far into it. That darkness kind of takes over. And then you come to church and you're like, oh, in the world does that guy think he is? And what is he saying out of the Bible? What, what in the world did that come from? What's all that about? It's Bible. And when you turn the lights on, sometimes it's kind of hard. I've said things like this. Young men, keep your hands to yourself. Young ladies, uh, dress appropriately and don't act like you're advertising what you've got. And all of a sudden, it's kind of like, whoa, where'd that come from? I'll tell you where it came from. It came from the Bible. I know those aren't Bible words, but it's a biblical principle. And the world in which we live is like steeped the opposite direction You've got, listen, I don't want to go off on all the current events, but you've got a bunch of weird things going on today where they are trying to groom your children for things that are perverted. All right? And you say, what is that? That's the darkness that is in the world. The challenge for a believer is you don't spend so much time out there that you forget what light looks like. And you might right now go, oh, yeah, pastor, that stuff you just mentioned, that's really bad. Yeah, but then there's things that actually appeal to us. I'll be honest with you. Someone dressed in drag reading the kids does not appeal to me at all. I got zero problem resisting that one, all right? But there are things that do appeal to me, and my challenge is this, that I don't get to a place where I go, yeah, well, it's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. I can handle it. You know what that tells me when a Christian talks that way? You've been turning the lights off. And you're spending more time on the Internet than you are in your Bible. Yeah. I've had Christians come and go, I think, uh, I think God wants me to do this. And I go, why? Well, I just kind of, I start digging and start pulling the onion layers back. And what it is, is they've been watching something on Instagram and they've been watching it for 30 days. And because they keep going back to it and keep going back to it and keep, or a TikTok or whatever it might be, then their mind starts accepting that as light. And it's not, it's darkness. And you'd be mindful of that, Christian. Listen, understand this. Uh, go to John. L- look at the same chapter. Look at verse number 9. Verse number 9. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into 
the world. Now, you need to understand this. Jesus Christ is the true light that lighteth every man that comes into the world. We're going to explain what that means. But I, I want you to understand this much. Uh, not everyone wants the light. Not everybody appreciates the light. Now, what's a blessing when you find someone that does? Uh, listen, we had uh, four young people get saved here Wednesday night. And then we had a fifth, a young lady who had heard the gospel on Tuesday night. My wife and I had talked with her for a little bit, and, and uh, she was really thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and came to the conclusion, yeah, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Amen. And she got saved. And that's a blessing when people want the light. But I'm just, I want you to understand this. Not everybody does. And not everybody, know, not everybody the first time that they're exposed to the light is going to thank you for giving them the light. Sometimes, listen, when you open up the Bible and you start talking to people, uh, the way that, that the world is right now, how dark it is, and how much they have turned darkness to light and light to darkness, when you open up that book or just speak the words of God, sometimes you can just see it on people's face. It's like taking a floodlight into their eyeballs. And they're just not even, they have no idea what, how to deal with it. Uh, someone one time said, are you, a, uh, are you homophobic? I said, absolutely not. I'm not afraid of it. I might suffer sometimes from homonagia, but homophobia is not something I suffer from. Now, let me tell you why I'm, I'm getting the, the response after I started talking a little bit of scripture with them. Now, listen, if you think what I'm saying is, is too crude or something like that, you didn't understand. God hates all of our sin. Okay? All right? Uh, but, but what we're experiencing right now are things that are, as the Bible says, against nature, okay? And they're natural. And if you get offended by what I'm saying, that tells me where you're spending too much time. Yeah, it does. You know what amazes me? Christians will come to church and go, I just don't think he's got the right spirit. Can I ask you a question? Did you ever see, listen to me, if someone came to me and they're broken in their sin and they're suffering and they're dealing with that particular sin, do you think I'm going to reject them? Do you think I'm going to be mean to them? Do you think I'm going to put them down? Absolutely not. When someone is broken, you take them and you go, let me help you to Christ. The problem is you've got an entire month that's dedicated to the word pride, which no longer is tolerate. And, and, and now we went from tolerate to accept to if you don't love me, I'm going to expose you and you might lose your job. I don't know. Last I checked, I thought that was the definition of fascism. Um, right? I'm a, I, listen, I believe this. If someone says, hail Satan at work, I'll go, okay, all right, well, have a nice life, right? I mean it. I don't care. You do whatever you want. You know why that doesn't bother me? Because I, I know what the truth is. Because when you have the light, you're not worried about, about what someone else's light might be. There's only one true light, and it comes from the Word of God, the person of Jesus Christ, and the Word of God, the Bible. Let me ask you a question. How are you making your decisions, Christian? What light do you use to expose why you're doing what you're doing? When you want to get in a relationship with somebody, friendship doesn't have to be intimate like romantic, but even a friendship, or a business relationship, or a job. Do you ever stop and go, where, what did I, where did I get the idea that this was the right thing to do? Did I get any light from the Word of God? When I respond to somebody, and I respond in a way that is unbiblical, and I stay in that position, and I continue in that response, be it in the marriage relationship, or be it between children and parents, or be it between brethren, where, where, where did I ever stop and go, Lord, what do you think about Lord, I want your light on this. Because his light is the only true one. Now, look, if you would, at Psalm chapter 36. You need to understand something. First John chapter 1 
says that in him is no darkness at all. That means in God there's no darkness. Well, if that's the case, and there's darkness in my life, you know what that tells me? It isn't God's fault. Psalm chapter 36. Psalm chapter 36. We live in a very, very interesting time where uh, Christians will get involved with politics. And I'm not saying it's always bad, but I'm going to tell you this. You've got to be real careful with that. Amen. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because I, I see a lot of Christians that when they get saved, they get trained in the Word of God to go lead someone else to Christ. You got the greatest gift that you could ever get when you got saved. Yeah. You got eternal life. And God says, I want you to pass it on to other people. And then before long, if you're not careful, you start getting sucked into a vortex. You may even go online to look up a sermon. And then before you know it, you're looking at some news clip. And before you know it, you're following some other YouTube channel. Before you know it, you're in politics all the time. And you know what you're not in? You're not walking in the light. That stuff is darkness. Guys, let me say right now, conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat. If you want to talk to me about what I personally think in that stuff, that's fine. That's not the place for the pulpit. I just want you to understand this much. In regards to all of it, you need to understand on both sides, there are people who could care less about the Bible, the Word of God, or what's biblically sound. And what you have to do as a believer is go, you know what, I need to, I need to understand what's going on around me. I need to respond biblically. I, I'm not going to have my head in the sand, but I'm not going to get so steeped in all of that. Have you ever found yourself just agitated and upset and anxious Man, the gas prices, they're coming for the, the ammunition. They're coming for the, you know, our Second Amendment. They're coming for the First Amendment. You know, social media is going to tell us, you know, what to think in five years. And if you're not careful, you'll start to get to a place where you're in darkness. You're not even dwelling on the light. Look at Psalm chapter 36. Is this making any sense? Yeah. Psalm 36, look if you would at verse uh, number eight. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and that, that, that's, a, 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 by the way, in the Bible, the fat is, it was something that belonged to the Lord, and it was a sign of God's blessing, all right? And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures, for with thee is the fountain of life. In thy what? In thy light shall we see light. If you're going to see any kind of real light, you know where it's going to come from? It's going to come from God. Look at Psalm 119, Psalm 119. In him, 1 John 1, 5, is no darkness at all. In him is no darkness at all. Here's what you have to understand, though. Darkness likes to imitate light. And I want to show you some verses on that and just some things to watch out for as a believer. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a... If you grew up in the 80s, you might remember Amy Grant. Thy word is the lamp unto my... Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Okay, all right, all right. Don't leave me hanging and just sit there like you have no idea what I'm talking about. Make me look like a crazy person. But it, it, it's, it's a great, it was a good song. I mean, it's, it's scripture. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. All right, let me ask you a question. What's lighting your way? Is it how you feel about things? Is it what other people say about it? Or is it what God's word says about it? And, and, and here, here, herein lies the challenge for the believer today, especially in these last days, where good has become evil and evil has become good. And, and if you're not careful, you will eventually, none of us are exempt from this, pastor included, all right? I've always said, take me out of that book for 30 days and take me out of church for 30 days 
you will not recognize me. I mean that. You won't recognize me. And you'll, you'll be like, who is that guy? And you won't like what you see. Uh, you say, why? Because, I, listen, my flesh is too powerful. Your flesh is too powerful. For you to think that you can just kind of coast in life and kind of just, you know, it doesn't matter if I say in my Bible, it doesn't matter if I'm in church, it doesn't matter. Listen, it does matter. Because you're, you're going to get sucked in the darkness. And the worst part of it is you'll think that it's light. All right, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. By the way, do you know who said, let there be light? Your Savior. <laughs> right? Without Him was not anything made that was made. All right, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I, I want you to understand the devil's job in your life is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what it says in the Gospel of John later on. We're going to read that uh, in several chapters later. Uh, but let me just say this. He can't steal your soul. You're, if you're saved and you're born again, child of God, he can't touch your soul. Thank God for that. <clears throat> he can't kill your soul. He can't destroy your soul. But let me just say this. He can kill your joy. And he can steal your testimony. And he can destroy your effectiveness as a Christian. And one of the ways that he does it is through the, the, the device of deception. And we're not exempt as believers. We've got all the tools to keep us from being deceived, but it doesn't mean that it's an automatic thing. Listen, guys, did Jesus Christ die for the whole world? Yes, he did. Is the whole world automatically saved? Right? You know what that means? There, the, it's, it's there for you, but you've got to apply it to you. For someone to say, I believe Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again, and you know, he was seen of above 500 men, and, and intellectually understand the facts of the gospel, but never come to a place where they apply it to their life, and they go, you know what? I will no longer trust my self-righteousness. I will no longer trust my religion. I will no longer trust my baptism. I'll no longer trust my good works. I will trust the finished work of Jesus Christ plus nothing. Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, would you save a sinner like me? When that happens, that's when you apply that truth to your life, and that's when it's effective. When it comes to biblical truth for your life, it's there for you. But just because you're saved doesn't mean you can't be deceived. Uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And look, if you would, at verse number 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of what? You see that? You say, where does that come from? Well, his name, uh, before he fell, according to Isaiah chapter 14, his name was Lucifer, all right? And that's a Latin word, which means light. There, there it is in Spanish. You just take a C and put it and make it a Z, luce, right? You turn the, the lights on, las luces, right? All right so here you got, you got light. He was a light bearer. But you know what he did? He had the light in his hand, but he wanted something else. He wanted, he wanted to take the position. He wanted to be God himself. Now, some of you are going to go, well, preacher, that's no, we would never do that. Watch it. When there's a decision in your life, and God's already told you what's right, and you go, yeah, but. Now, some of you think I'm being too hard on you. Think about this. When, when Peter, I'm talking, to, uh, listen, if you think I'm preaching to you, I wish you could see, in my mind, there's a mirror right here, all right? Because I need this just as bad as you do. But listen, when Peter was, was contradicting what the Lord said, and the Lord goes, I'm going to be betrayed in the hands of sinners, and so on and so forth, Peter says what? Not so, Lord. You know what that's like saying? You're wrong. I know better. You know what Lucifer did? He said in so many words, I know better. I will be like the Most High. 
I will be God. And by doing that, he fell and he became darkness. Here's the challenge for you as a believer, not to hold the truth in unrighteousness. All right? The Bible talks about this in Romans 1, that the world at one time, all the world knew God, but they held the truth in unrighteousness. In other words, they knew what was right, but they said, yeah, but, yeah, but. The Bible says that you ought to restore if you've got a broken relationship with someone, especially if they're a believer, yeah, but. The Bible says that you ought to forgive, yeah, but. The Bible says you ought to give the gospel of Jesus Christ to anyone that you can, yeah, but. The Bible says you ought to be a part of a local church, yeah, but I don't need that anymore. I can just watch online. Are you watching the butts in there? <laughs> That's the problem with a lot of Christians. They're acting like goats instead of acting like sheep. Are you with me? And you know what happens when you do that is God goes, okay, well, you just basically turn the lights off. You don't lose your salvation, but boy, you miss out on your fellowship. Look at 1 John chapter number 1. 1 John chapter 1. Jesus Christ is the true light. <clears throat> and he lighteth every man that cometh into the world. 1 John. Do you know why it is that you could talk about, about Buddha and you can talk about Muhammad and you can talk about these different, you talk about uh, Gandhi and different religious leaders and people that the world would recognize as religious leaders. And generally speaking, people don't really get all that upset. Then you talk about Jesus Christ and it just, it, everything hits the fan at one time. You, you say, what is that? Well, there, there's a difference with him. He's the true light. When someone says, I've got my truth and you've got yours, no, 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 there's only one truth. Uh, look at 1 John chapter 1. And Christian, your job is to walk in that. It's not just to recognize it for salvation, but to submit to it in your everyday life. All right? Uh, 1 John chapter 1, look if you would at verse number 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, what are we, what are we doing? We're not doing, and notice what it says. It doesn't say, and we believe not the truth. It says, we do not the truth. You see, truth is not just something to intellectually accept. It's something you should do. If a sinner acknowledges that Jesus Christ died 2,000 years ago, they can still, if they never accept that for themselves, they can still die and go to hell. You say, why? They didn't do the truth and accept him as their savior. And you as a Christian can go, yep, that's right. Yep, that's right. Yep. Listen, I went to Bible school with some people that uh, I, don't, I don't celebrate saying this. I don't like saying this. But I went to Bible school. I mean, people that were in there five, four to five nights a week for four hours a night, cramming the Bible into your heart and mind. And I've seen some of those people go off the deep end and, 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 and leave their families and leave their spouses and and just do things that would blow your mind. You go, what in the world? How'd that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. You get the truth, but you don't do the right thing with it. Christian, I'm, I'm trying to help you out this morning. I'm trying to warn you a little bit. There are some things in some of your lives that God would look at and go, look, I'm trying to reason with you. I'm trying to show you what is light here and what is right here and what is truth here, but you're not listening. And eventually when you stop listening, God goes, I love you, child but you seem to want to just learn it your own way. And then you know what you're doing? You're walking in darkness. Oh, you're a child of the light. First Thessalonians chapter 5, absolutely. But you're walking in darkness. Look what it says here in verse 7. But if we walk in the light 
as he is in the light. You know why? He never changes his position. <laughs> he never goes from darkness to light, light to darkness. He doesn't do that like we do. He doesn't flip-flop, doesn't change his mind from day to day. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful God doesn't wake up one day and just go, yeah, let them all go to hell. I'm thankful he doesn't. Aren't you glad God doesn't wake up in a bad mood? Like you do, right? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ has uncleanseth us from all sin. You know what we're talking about? Turning the lights on to expose what's right and what's wrong in our lives. Let me ask you a question. If God could shed the light on your uh, search history on the internet, would that, would that be okay with you? If God could shed the light on things that you're connected with on social media that maybe, maybe your parents don't know about or maybe your husband doesn't know about or maybe your wife doesn't know about, would that be all right with you? If God could shed the light on the unforgiveness in your heart that you have for somebody else, would that be okay with you? Or would you say, no, I'd rather walk in darkness? You're, that's a conscious choice that you can make as a believer. God's not going to force you. Understand that God's not going to force you to walk in the light. God's going to show you what the light is, and it's on you to take it. I, I wish, I wish, I wish I could, I, I wish sometimes we could just peel back eternity and let you see. I've seen Christians in moments of their life where they're at a parting of the ways. It's very clear they could go one of two ways. And one of the most tragic things is to walk a Christ, uh, see a Christian walking in light for so long and then something comes, or a person comes, or some event comes, or something comes, or some job comes, something happens, and then they just go, and listen, they're saved. But sometimes, a year, two years, five years down the road, you wouldn't know it by looking at them. And let me just say this, none of us are exempt from that. Look at Romans chapter number one. Romans chapter one. A little sobering, right? It ought to be. Now, Romans chapter 1 is, uh, we studied this when we were going to the book of Romans like 40 years ago. Remember that? Uh, Romans chapter 1. And uh, I want you to see here that what God does, he gives us the history of the Gentile world. And basically what, how the Gentiles all had the same truth that eventually the nation of Israel uh, possessed but they didn't hold it the right way. Look, if you look at Romans 1, verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the what? Truth, but how are they holding it? In unrighteousness. They're saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, we know better, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And you kind of read down there in verse 21, they knew God at one time, but they glorified Him not as God. They became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Notice, it wasn't their mind being darkened. It was their heart being darkened. Because the mind no longer wanted the truth. All right, look if you would at verse 22, verse 23, verse 24. Uh, there's some things there that you, you ought to be able to read between the lines there. We got kids in here, but uh, look at verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a what? And worshiped and served the creature more than the who? 
That's why, listen, you're never, that's why the, the world today is so fixated on nature. And they talk about how we're not here to have dominion. We're just part of this fragile ecosystem. That's against scripture. You know that, right? God says we were supposed to be here to have dominion over the earth. Genesis chapter number one. You can't get one chapter in your Bible without disagreeing with modern scientists. Sorry, guys. This is the way that it is. And, 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 and here, here's what I want you to understand. When you don't glorify God and put him in the right position, I know what some of you are thinking. I ain't no tree hugger, preacher. I ain't one of them liberal, you know, uh, fruity tooty, you know, eating, uh, what is it, wheatgrass, you know, and, and uh, uh, making wheatgrass milkshakes and whatever. That's not me, preacher. I don't do soy milk. I don't want all that estrogen. I, 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 fine, fine. Maybe that's not you. But let me just say this. You know what they did? They did, this, they did the same thing that we do sometimes. They didn't put God in his rightful place because they didn't put truth in the rightful place. So something else became God. When you don't put God and truth in the right place, something else will be your truth and something else will be your God. But it's not the God of Scripture. You see, th- therein lies the challenge. It's easy for us to go, yeah, Romans 1, just look at the world today. Maybe we should learn a lesson from it. Maybe we should go, you know what? I want to hold the truth the right way. I don't want to hold the truth in unrighteousness. Uh, look, if you would, at Proverbs. Go to the Old Testament. Proverbs chapter 2. Some of you know a lot of Scripture, and that's a blessing. That's a good thing. But can I say this? Knowing it by itself isn't going to help you. It's knowing it and doing it. You know what you could hear a thousand times over? Children obey your parents. Children obey your parents. Children obey... As a teenager, and go, if you had my parents, you wouldn't read that verse to me. Right? And you know what you're saying? Yeah, but. And I, I could, you could hear wives submit yourselves to your husbands in the Lord. Right? We, we've, been, we've been through before. That doesn't make you a doormat. That doesn't make you lesser. That actually should. If, ladies, if you understand the, the biblical pattern for this, that means you're actually exalted and treated like a flower and treated delicately and needs to protect you and to provide for you. And, and this whole idea that we're all the same is garbage. It's not biblical. But if you, if, if you heard the preacher say, why I've submit, why submit, why? you could hear it over and over and over and you could actually in your heart go, I can't stand the fact that he keeps mentioning that. And I can say, husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands. And some of you husbands can come up to me at church and go, do you know who I'm married to? And then I would say, do you know you married her? So now you have a responsibility to love her. Ask Christ. So the point is this. You could hear it. You could acknowledge it. You could even say, yep, that's right. And then not do it. And be in darkness. You're saved, you're a child of light, but you're walking in something that now that you're saved, you're not designed to walk in anymore. Look at Proverbs chapter number 2. Proverbs chapter number 2. Look, if you would, at verse number 13. Who leave the past. Go, go back to verse uh, 12. Uh, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of what? Look at Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Can I ask you a question? Who are your friends? Who are the people you're connected to? Are they walking in light or are they walking in darkness? Proverbs chapter, it's going to have an effect on you. Proverbs 4, look at verse 19. The way of the wicked is as what? 
Now, do you know what the contrast is in verse 19? You have to go back to verse 18 to get it. Verse 18, but the path of the just is as the shining what? That shineth more and more under the perfect day. If you have not yet put this cross reference in your Bible next to verse 18, can I encourage you to write 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 there? Because that's where it talks about the day star arising in your heart. It's talking about the rapture when your body is changed and, and the image of Christ that's been on the inside the whole time and has been dying to get out finally breaks free and shines for all eternity. Isn't that an awesome thought? Now, now, by the way, let me just say this, as it relates to light, uh, the Bible lays out some pictures for us. All right, I'm going to kind of turn this this way for mo- hopefully more of you can see that. Can you guys kind of see it over there? All right, I want to pull it around this way so you can see it over here, all right? Uh, but but the, 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 we're talking about true light. And the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, we don't turn there right now, but it refers to Jesus Christ as the S-U-N, the Son of Righteousness, all right? He will rise with healing in his wings. You say, what is it talking about? It's talking about an event that we would call, here's the church, uh, the cross of Calvary, the church here, the rapture, the tribulation. This is what, what, what's referenced in Malachi 3 is the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth. Because the darkness that Jesus Christ prophesied during his earthly ministry the darkest period of time this world's ever going to see is this thing called the Great Tribulation. You know what breaks that time period is the, the coming of the king, and he comes in a flame of fire, brightness surrounding him. All right? So he's the son of righteousness. Church, as the body of Christ, do you know what you are? You know what the moon is? It's a dead planet. Has no life in and of itself. Has no light in and of itself. You know all that it does? It just looks like a big, giant dust rock, really, is what the moon looks like. You know what your life is without Jesus Christ? Just a big nothing. Amen. And then you know what happens when you get saved? Someone turns the lights on, and now the light that you reflect isn't your light. It's not your truth. It's not your light. You're reflecting it from right over here. All right? And so you know what you are? And the Bible gives a, a great picture of that. For a second time, I won't read it right now. But over in Song of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 10, the, the, the Jewish king, Solomon, speaks to his Gentile beloved, his bride, who is, as the Bible says, black and, but comely. And so she's a Gentile bride to a Jewish king. And he describes her, uh, and he says, Who is she that looketh forth as the morning, clear as the sun, uh, bright as the moon, moving uh, as, an army, terrible, uh, as an army with banners? He describes the bride as an army. Why would that be? Well, because in Revelation chapter 19, the armies from heaven follow him back to help him set up his kingdom. You know what you got? You got the sun, you got the moon. Then look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. When you got saved, God desired for you to be in the image of his son. And uh, the Bible says, a star shall arise, right, out of, out of Jacob, right? Talking about prophecy in regards to the the birth and ministry of Jesus Christ and the second coming. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. This entire chapter is about the resurrection of the believer. We would call that in uh, uh, more of a a more frequently used term, the, the rapture of the church. But let me just say this. How you look right now and how you feel right now. Now, if you're 15, this might bother you, okay? But most of us aren't 15 in this room. 
All right, we're just getting older. And the older we get, the more we long for a new body. Can I get a witness? Amen. I was talking with Miss Virginia about sciatica issues yesterday. And you drive 45 minutes, you got to pull over because of the pain that runs through your leg and down your back and hits your toes. And you got to move around a little bit and you get back in the car. Man, I remember when I was 20 years old, I could drive 24 hours. I stopped for gas and I stopped to go to the restroom and then that was about it, man. And no issues with my back, no issues with my legs. Uh, now I wake up in the morning and I, I'm like, oh, what, I did something. And like, my wife's like, what'd you do? I'm like, I woke up this way. I don't know. All right. Uh, listen, th- there's a, another day coming. There's a new dawn coming, amen, where you're going to have a new body. Now, now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look, if you would, at verse number uh, 40. I'm sorry, go back to verse uh, 39. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies. That's a heavenly body, all right? And bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial, the earthly, is another. There is one glory of the sun, Jesus Christ, another glory of the moon, his body as a corporate group, And another glory of the stars. Now look at this. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the what? That's you, Christian. You know what he's saying? One star differs from another star in glory. And he calls you a star. Some of you always wanted to be a star. There you go, right there. All right? This is your opportunity to shine, but it won't be shining for yourself. It'll be shining for Jesus Christ. Now, here's the idea. The idea is this. The sun provides life for this entire planet. You know what the moon does primarily? It provides light. Last night, I was outside, and that moon was just beautiful. Right over the, the back porch of our house, I just looked up, and I thought, man, how powerful my God is to hang that thing up there, and it shines every night. And, and you know what the moon does? It shines during periods of darkness. You know why we're here, Christian? You know why you're here as a church? To shine in the darkness. Amen. You know what our theme as a church is this summer? Lighting up Aurora. That's going to be our theme at the fair as well. Lighting up Aurora this summer. That's our job. That is why we're here, guys. And not just as a group, but as individual believers. As individual believers. Now, I don't have time to do this. We'll do this later. But there's an interesting connection between being called a star and being called a son of God. All right. Jesus Christ, we talked about this. He's the only begotten. He's the only one that was uh, uh, the son of God from a physical standpoint. Uh, We are not begotten of God physically, but spiritually. And when you are born again, you are now called a son of God. There's a connection uh, that I don't have all the time to go into this morning. I want to leave you with a parting thought. There we go. Second time was a charm. All right. Um, you say, who is this? This is uh, Brother Sean without a haircut. All right. So uh, he, he looks really good right now. But if he lets himself go, that's, that's what it looks like. Uh, I, that's not me. Anybody ever seen me try to grow out facial hair? I look like a, I mean, I look like a 15-year-old. It looks bad. It's like spotty and all blotchy. And uh, here's this, this, this man among men, John the Baptist. Uh, Look, if you would, at uh, John chapter number one. I want to give you some closing thoughts, and we won't get into all of this this morning. Uh, But hey, we got through more than one slide, right? So we at least got to a second one. That's progress. Uh, John chapter one. And uh, 
You know what they say you ought to do when you're eating? You ought to chew your food 30 times. You know why? They, they tell you that because most people, when they're eating, especially fast food, I've literally watched this guy right No, was it you last week? Three bites. Carl's Jr. Burger. Um, um, um. It's impressive. You can't do that with a salad. Chew, 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 right? Now, you know what they tell you to do? Chew your food 30 times before you swallow it. You know why? You'll actually get more of the flavor. It'll digest better, and you will feel more full. When you're accustomed to just open that bag of chips and, ah, right? You don't even think about what you're doing. It's just inhaling that stuff, right? You go, I'm still hungry. You just eat a bag of chips. Like, you did your calorie count for the entire day, okay? That was it. But you're still hungry. Why? You didn't chew it, man. Do you know what we're doing in Sunday school, what we're trying to do? You ought to encourage Christians to be in Sunday school. You know why? You're chewing. The, we're taking our time to chew it slowly and go, hmm, that's what God has for me. Thank you, Lord. Look at John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And uh, look, if you would, at verse number 6. John chapter 1 and verse number 6. And it says here, there was a man sent from God. Now, did you notice there's a little like backwards P in your Bible? Did you notice that? that that's a paragraph marker. Basically, that's letting you know we're kind of going to start a new thought. So he's talking initially about Jesus Christ himself and how he is the light. And then he's going to talk about someone that came to be a witness for that light. And it says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And all I'm going to say about this right now, because I don't have time to get into all of it. Uh, We're kind of wrapping things up. I'll just say this much. The people that God uses oftentimes are people that you would not expect. The people that God will use are sometimes the people that you go, man, I just don't, I don't know. They're kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, John the Baptist is a guy that's eating locusts and wild honey. And he wears camel's hair and he's got a leather girdle, basically a, a leather belt wrapping everything, keeping everything up. And you know what his first word out of his mouth is when he shows up? It's not, it's not even a gentle message. Like, if he was like this, to kind of be witness of the light, you would think he goes, everybody, God loves you. You know what he says? Repent! <laughs> you know what he was? He was a preacher. And he shows up and everybody looks at him and goes, that's the guy that God's going to use to be a witness of the Messiah? Well, if that's the guy God's going to use, I don't know if I want to follow the Messiah. you know why God does that sometimes? He wants to see how determined people are to follow the truth. Even if it doesn't show up in the package that they're expecting it to. Israel as a nation rejected their Messiah, partly because they were expecting a king. And here this king is born in a stable. That's not my king. That's what some of them said. We have no king but Caesar. You know what the problem was? The problem was how truth was packaged. Can I just leave you with this thought? Leave you this thought. Listen. If you feel like when you're following the Lord, you're kind of weird and you kind of stand out, it's because you are and you do. But God can use that. And I want to say this and we'll we'll be done. If you look at how God has delivered a message to you and you don't necessarily like it, but it's still true, can I encourage you to be like Cinderella and if the shoe fits, put it on. All right, let's all stand. We'll be dismissing word of prayer. Kids, after this, you can follow the Pied Piper of Donuts out to the grassy area. All right, be ready to give your verses, all right? Father, we thank you for the time and the Word of God this morning. Thank you for 
the gospel of John and how much truth we can get out of it, Lord, and apply to our lives as believers. Lord, help us to walk in the light. Lord, help us not just to say this in word, but in deed. And Lord, I pray that your will would be done in our hearts and minds today, Lord, that if there's anyone that comes in the next hour that isn't saved, that they might be saved, Lord. I pray that your hand would be on our church, Lord, be on the building situation, Lord. You know all of these things, and we are going to commit them and put them to your trust. We ask for your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We'll be starting at 11 o'clock.